includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't want to go home. And I want to say goodbye to you. The active crime scene goes for like several blocks, so I don't really know what to make of that. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. <laughs> Take it away, boys. Welcome, welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of the People's Champ. That's right, it's Jeremy Gillen. Uh, <laughs> Hey, we are past the halfway point in the semester, which means fall sports are either wrapping up or on the final stretch of their schedules. Uh, a couple of sports we're going to cover in today's episode, which has a tremendous opener. Uh, have They've taken opposite trajectories across the season, and we'll talk about that. Um, to cover women's soccer and volleyball, I got to get my girl Kinsey on. Kinsey at the at – the, Kinsey. Uh, Kinsey Garcia reporting at live at the uh, – uh, side of a wait scene scene of a crime that's it at the scene of the crime Kinsey can you tell us a little bit about what's going on I am absolutely flummoxed <laughs> at what is going on at this apartment complex flummoxed. there's some sort of active crime scene my wife just tried to go to work there's blood near the elevator there's crime tape everywhere we're now on lockdown so your guess is about as good as mine as you could hear in that intro there's just streets of around us that are taped off. There's police presence. There's medical presence. I'm just chilling inside. I'm staying away from it. We've got our own problems to worry about on this podcast. Oh my gosh, you are so right. How how funny is that though? Um, you know, we 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 pod, we do this every week, um, but life goes on. People people are getting murdered left and right. And you know what? Sometimes <laughs> they're getting murdered right outside your door. But hey, let me tell you something. You got to keep going. The show must go on. So here we are, Tortillas and Takes. We're doing our due diligence, some of us with merch. And uh, we're going to talk about women's – well, first we're going to talk about women's soccer, and then we're going to uh, talk about women's volleyball. So uh, we did talk soccer last week, Kinsey. We talked soccer ad nauseum, uh, but we've had some developments, right? We don't get a lot of things right in this podcast. We really think that we do. I think, I think out of the group of us, you and I – at least trend more towards correct than others. Albert is always wrong, and Dylan is never confident enough to make a real, um, a real, a real take. Uh, but the biggest bit of news is that you accurately, like you accurately, in a ridiculous voodoo kind of way, you accurately predicted that Oklahoma State and West Virginia would actually draw in Stillwater, which was an impressive. That's an impress. First of all. Good job, you. That that is that is Thank nuts. You. She you. literally <laughs> in the chat was just like, "Can you believe?" <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, so that draw has taken them both out of the race for third place. Like that's cannibalism at its finest. And now Texas Tech is locked into that top three along with Texas and TCU. Uh, so here's what we know: is that there, there, there is, and this is a big. We got a big asterisk on this one. There is a possibility for a two-way tie for first place however 
Virtually, Texas is, is locked into that first place given the tiebreakers that we're used to. So the Horns would have to lose to Oklahoma at home in order for this tie to even happen, uh, which I don't expect to. I expect that to be the first block that never falls. Uh, and if that does happen, Texas would have to hold the conference. Uh, Texas would hold the conference goal, excuse me, differential advantage over TCU, and they have the head-to-head win over Tech. Um, so we're, we're sorting through the mess here for Texas Tech. Thursday night, Fort Worth. This is a huge game. Kenzie, like, what is the situation for the Red Raiders heading into this season finale, which is probably one of the most exciting season finales for Texas Tech soccer this decade? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody caught my tweets yesterday, but it's going to be a massive game. I mean, this is, if you are a soccer fan in any kind of way, this has got Decision Day vibes. Uh, there's everything to play for on Thursday night. TCU and Tech both have 5 1 and 2 conference records. Uh, bottom line, this is like it's it's like a win and you're in kind of kind of game. Uh, a win for either team gets sole possession of second place in the conference and the second seed in the tournament. Um, in addition, and probably more importantly, this game could determine your NCAA tournament fate. For TCU, I think they're probably safe, but for Tech, they could use a resume win like this one. This could get a third Big Twelve team in. And at the end, a, a draw would a draw would just result in the Horn Frogs taking second place based on conference goal differential tiebreaker. It's boring, it's not fun, but our inability to yeah. score at times may come back to haunt us in the end if it does wind up in a draw. Hmm. It certainly will be the best game of the season. I mean, the stakes are high. Like the the storyline, like we're talking about here, everything's kind of coming down to this uh, for Texas Tech. You know, this is prime time. Uh, if this was any like you know larger MLS even um, this is prime time. This is a great storyline. Pressure's high. Uh, let's so let's dive into this matchup with TCU. You know, last week we mentioned that the Horn Frogs uh, weren't particularly good at home, and that still reigns true, right? They've only won three of the last eight matches, um, and similarly to the Red Raiders, TCU has a really hard time scoring early in conference play. Uh, they put four goals in, in the into the net in their first four games. Uh, but in the last four, kind of like Tech, they've gone on a tear, right? They've scored nine in the last four. That's a dominating uh, win on the road at Oklahoma State. They they did take that loss on, uh, on the road in Norman to Oklahoma last week before bouncing back again on the road at Baylor. Um, and all this taking so taking all this into consideration, you know, how does this team that on paper and like the way we're talking about with um, just kind of the, tra- the the trajectory they've had throughout the season? You know, how does this team match up with the Red Raiders heading into the final game? Like, does somebody have the edge here, or is it really just going to come down to how the ball falls? Well, according to the United Soccer Coaches poll, this is still a top 15 team. For the Oklahoma loss, they were at number 12 in the country, and they, they had a worse record than the Longhorns. They're, they're 10 spots above them in the poll. So I think that kind of says more about their, their non-conference schedule. Um, on paper, I think this team is more talented than Tech. It's, it's clear that Tech is, is the younger team. TCU had all the preseason hype, but the results are pretty similar in conference play. I mean, I think if you're TCU, you consider your season at least a little bit disappointing. They haven't beaten any of the top 25 opponents they've had on their schedule, and they've left points on the table in other matches, specifically conference matches. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a gritty, defensive-minded match. You know, Tech has played in several of those, you know, against West Virginia, Oklahoma State. The difference here is that Tech, they got to get a game winner. They have to score, and they're going to have to press for it in order to get the result they need. So 
I think it's going to be an interesting game, but at the end of the day, I think I would lean a little bit towards TCU given given Tech's eh, road record and TCU's roster. It's going to be one of those two to one, one to nothing type of matches. But regardless of the outcome, I think Tech can feel pretty good about themselves. I mean, I think they bounce back well. I think they bounce back well enough to feel really great headed into next year. Yeah, outside of people like Charlotte Teeter, who have been there for quite a while, kind of anchoring that midfield, uh, there is a lot of youth on this team. Absolutely. So, you know, looking forward in the way that that youth is really kind of set in, uh, settled into their positions and settled into position play with each other, especially, uh, that does bode well for the future. So in terms of the conference tournament, um, Tech and TCU are really just kind of jockeying to see who gets sixth and seventh seed, right? So there's a potential of a jumbling between Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Baylor, uh, as we head into this final match day. Uh, so Texas Tech is 3-0, you know, three wins, zero losses, one draw, ugh, gross, uh, against these teams. So you think that these, they would certainly have the potential to meet in the conference semifinals like they did last season. Um, like last season, uh, Texas, TCU uh, has eliminated back-to-back, uh, has eliminated Texas Tech in back-to-back Big 12 championships. Kind of a monkey on our shoulder there. Uh, but the Red Raiders are seeking, the Red Raiders are seeking, man, this murder business has got me all over the place. <laughs> uh, the Red Raiders are seeking their first tournament title since 2015, where they won as a five seed behind the leg of one Janine Becky, which if you are a listener who doesn't know much about Texas Tech soccer, um, Janine Becky is certainly a legend who is currently playing for uh, Canada's national team. She is well enough in the rotation, often starting a great soccer player, one of the best ever come through Texas she's Tech. She's playing for a title um, this weekend just, with Portland. She's playing for a title this weekend with Portland. So just an excellent uh, soccer player. Um, however, let's get, back to, let's get back to the here and now. We're, we're, not, we're not hanging out in the past. Um, Tech can feel confident going into this year's tournament. I think on the backs of like especially Madison White, our goalkeeper, um, I talked about it early on in the season. Madison White came into this season with a lot of uh, strength in her resume. Um, you know, I think she's shown to be one of the best goalkeepers in the Big 12 uh, in terms of awareness and positional play. Her, her ability to navigate the box well when opponents on the are in the attacking third, I think is bar none. I think their way to her, her just knowledge about the game is very... Uh, infectious and very confidence building. She's saved a number of goals this season that has then turned around and given a little bit of spirit to the offense. Um, thankful for the play that Madison White has given to this big, uh, given to this Texas Tech team, and especially as we're moving into, you know, she just came off the Big 12 Goalkeeper of the Week, moving into this big TCU game. I mean, this is this is huge. This is huge. So. Every piece matters. Uh, in soccer, there's 11 players on the field for a reason. Everyone matters. If one messes up, it, it can really kind of send a ripple through the rest. So, Kinsey, anything else to say about uh, the soccer season before we move on? I mean, I will say, to to your credit, speaking on Maddie White there, I, I kind of feel like we didn't give her enough credit. I mean, we talked about her a little bit in the preseason pod, yeah. but in that last that last pod we were talking about soccer, we were, we were talking about how Tech can hang their hat on their defense, hang their hat on their defense, if I read yeah. the tweet earlier correctly, she leads the conference in shutouts. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, she's definitely due more respect, more credit than we gave her for. So she stole a game for us last year in the Big 12 tournament, and hopefully she can steal a couple more and get us into an NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, hell yeah. So uh, our defense, our back line and defending midfielders are a little D defense. Madison White is big D defense, right? So <laughs> she's the she's the reason it all comes together. She's the one uh, barking out against the back line there, and that's super important. Um, you are really only as good as your goalkeeper is unless you have, like, world-class strikers who never let the ball get past midfield. Uh, but soccer isn't the only sport in the heat of conference play here in the LBK. Uh, Red Raider volleyball team is smack in the middle of their conference play, but they are currently sitting in sixth place. Uh, unfortunately, this is a team that is struggling a bit, actually. They've lost five of six conference games after a really strong start to the Big 12 schedule. I think they've lost the past three in a row. Um, if memory serves, let me score down really quickly. Yeah, three in a row. We lost at Kansas, which was a hard one to lose. We lost at Baylor and then uh, Iowa State at home, which was that was the worst one to choke down. Um you know, expected losses to top-ranked Texas. Baylor, we expected that one. Um, the, the, the TCU and Iowa State was a hard one to choke down. Kinsey, what, what is going on with this team? Like, what, where did things start to slip? Because we, it seemed like we had a lot of momentum, and it was just so strong. Like, hey, you know, this team's got swagger. There's a lot of, there's a lot of chemistry when they play. What's going on? You know, I feel like I have to eat a little bit of crow because I so confidently said this team was going to be the best on campus, which the verdict is still out. The verdict is still out on that. So we'll see. But I think we can be disappointed. I think we can be disappointed in how things have gone so far, but I don't think there's a reason to panic. There's no reason to hit the panic button. This team started 3-7 and seven to three and seven in conference last season, and they racked up wins down the stretch. Uh, I think when you look back at the schedule, you can attribute some of it to fatigue. I mean, this team traveled three weekends in a row across the country to different tournaments. And last season, they had the Red Raider Classic in the middle of that. So it kind of gave them a chance to slow down. I'm pretty sure they had a game out of the front or the back of that also at home. So they were at home for, for several days. And unfortunately, that break didn't come until the end of the non-conference this season. And I think when you look back at the Red Raider Classic, you see that loss to Oral Roberts. That was an early sign that this team was tired. Um, on the yeah. fortunate side, uh, the 22 ske- 2022 schedule set up in the same way in terms of conference. I think this team's going to rack up some wins in the back half of conference play. But as you mentioned, there's, there's certainly games this team has given away in the front half and probably wish they had back. Yeah, so something that really stands out, and this freaking, oh, God, this got us in the Texas game. Uh, and I, I mentioned it on the pod, like, a, a big factor in this struggle is that we are league, we are the worst in the league for giving up kills per match uh, and opponents' assists per match. I mean, aside from leading the league in digs, uh, that's such an interesting, leading the league in digs. Um, <laughs> Tech has not improved defensively, defensively from a year ago, so... Early on this season, I felt that we had kind of hunkered down defensively. I was getting really excited about the way that our team was, you know, the girls were kind of rallying around each other and being aware of each other's presence on the court, you know, being able to navigate each other and communicate well. Um, kills. Kills, 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 kills games. Texas game, the first Texas game we had, I cannot express how frustrating it was um, through a multitude of opportunities that we were getting ahead, and then Texas would, um, on the back of, God, what is her name? But uh, kill, and then just the momentum shifts, and then kill, kill. And it's just like, it, uh, the kill, the back-to-back kills to win that game were the, the, were the worst ones. But, um, okay, so Kinnisar is taking a huge leap forward, right? Currently leading the league in total kills after finishing ninth. We keep talking about kills. Uh, 
she was ninth in the league in 2021, so she's currently leading the league right now. Reagan Cooper, who is something that we've kind of sung the praises of lately because she's really stepped into her role in this team. She's also ahead of her 2021 uh, totals in kills. So, she, the, so it's like we're giving, we're, we're creating a lot of kills, which is excellent, but we're also giving up a lot of kills, which is expressively frustrating. It, it's for our football fans out there. It's that it's that Texas Tech, OU, Mahomes versus Mayfield. Uh, where it's like defense doesn't freaking matter. Let's just <laughs> whoever scores last wins. Um, you know, all this to say, Red Raiders are currently on pace with their 2021 record. It's not the step forward we're looking for. Like earlier this season, we were really excited because first of all, I mean, undefeated. Like we were just trolling through these pretty good teams, and then we take too much time away. And like you said, that that defeat against Oral Roberts, that was a bad sign. Uh, this team is tired, and so. We're kind of not in a good spot right now, but we're also not a step backwards. And for me, I think, you know, if you look ahead at the next few matches, you have Texas on the road in Austin. You can just count that one and L. Uh, then you got Baylor and TCU at home, which those, you know, Baylor at home is going to be the toughest of that stint. But TCU, you've been wrecking TCU for the past however many I mentioned, you know, a couple years. TCU has got to be a dub for you. Um, Kinsey, where... Is this where the Red Raiders start to turn it around? Like this back, you know, this back couple of games that we've got before we get into like the tournament and all that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna get a little worse before it gets better. Um, like you said, Texas on the road in Austin. I mean, they fought hard in Lubbock, but you probably just gonna have to rack that one up as an L. But I, I certainly expect a better effort at home against Baylor and TCU. I know that Baylor is is a team that's good. This is the same point in the season last year. It was against Baylor on the road. They got a win over a ranked Baylor team. Kind of sparked that run to get them into the tournament. So I'm kind of expecting that same thing this year. Um, against Baylor and TCU, both of those matches were, were one to three losses on the road. Um, I think it's going to flip in favor of Tech when they do meet in Lubbock. And, you know, like I said, the schedule is it's much more forgiving after the Baylor game. And I think this team has a great mm. chance to rack up five or six wins. Um, they made, they did make the tournament with a seven and nine conference record last season. All we need is five to get to eight and eight. Like you said, we we, yeah. we rolled some pretty good teams early in non-conference this year. Last year we weren't quite beating those teams, so I think we're in a better position non-conference-wise. If we can get to that eight wins, I'd feel more comfortable. Either way. Um, Aside from the Iowa State game, we play well at home. I expect us to get three of those four wins at home. There's three really prime chances to get wins on the road as well. Oklahoma stinks. West Virginia stinks. Kansas State stinks. These are schools we need to be beating. TCU worries me a little bit. I think maybe it was the fatigue. I'm hoping they can get back on track here in the first couple or in the next couple of games and then just roll through that back half. Yeah, and so, I mean, they haven't been the best team on campus, <clears throat> as, as Kenzie predicted. Uh, but, but they're still really in good shape, like you said, to make this tournament. Uh, they're still very much on pace for a top-five conference finish. Uh, they just have to get those results in the back half. And so looking at, you know, looking past TCU, you've got Oklahoma. That's in Norman. you got Iowa State in Ames. You have West Virginia at home, Kansas State, then Kansas. So... There is definitely a road where, you know, this team can kind of wipe the back half of this slate because the talent is there. The coaching is there. 
this disconnect, I'm not really sure how to boil it down, but like this disconnect where, you know, we have this momentum and then, oh, guess what? Kills, uh, opponent kills. Um, yeah, it's just this team has been very uncharacteristic. Like we're having this kind of mid-season slump. Uh, I really hate it. Um, the win, in, the win against Oklahoma back in early October or mid October, we we won three one. That felt really good because we had only lost, you know, we lost against Texas, we lost at TCU, which was really frustrating because you've been wiping that team. But TCU did look did look the part. They had all the momentum in that game and they were thriving off it. And it did come down uh, when we were fighting. I think it was that last set. You know, it was one to two. TCU was trying to get this game uh, this game over with. Uh, we battled back and pushed the game, the match point, I think five times, about four or five times, which is impressive. At that point, I mean, you're back against the rope, and it's like, you know, any mistake I is going to come back to get me. But Texas Tech kept fighting, kept fighting, and TCU just got the edge there. Um, yeah, it's just such a weird slump to lose to Kansas. Baylor, okay, I get that. But then to Iowa State, like you should have had those two, um, Baylor and, or Kansas and Iowa State. But this back half is interesting, and so um, wow, really lots of. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good volleyball left. We can say that much. Uh, so, that being said, in a nutshell, soccer TCU. That's Thursday, right? We got a Thursday game coming up. Um, biggest game of the biggest game of the year for Texas Tech soccer is they try to. Uh, First of all, enhance their bid for an NCAA tournament bid, which they very much well deserve with the way they're playing here late in the season. Um, also, it's always nice to knock TCU off. It's uh, never a bad day to knock off TCU. And to enter the raffle of Kinsey's extremely weird uh, jambalaya, where somehow we might end up tied for first. Um, who knows? Who knows what can happen? She said weirder things, and they've come true. Um, and then, of course, with volleyball, we've got a back half of the schedule with plenty of games left on uh, to get us to a better seeding in the tournament, to get us a better finish in the Big 12, as we very much deserve. Remember, we were number two in the Big 12 until we started sliding. We can get back there. Make it happen, ladies. Uh, but for now, this is all the time that we have. Goodness knows. We would love to. I would love to, for sure, sit and talk about these uh, less highlighted programs way longer than our producer would like. Uh, but for Kinsey... This is Jeremy. You've been listening to the Best Damn Pod in the Land official podcast for Red Raider Sports and part of the 1012 Network. And a couple of tips for murderinos out there. Uh, don't go into the woods. F- politeness. Uh, that is tortillas and takes, everybody. Stay wrecked, people.